It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans at the lovely Collins Hotel on St. Charles Avenue. Hi, I'm Grant Morris. In the next 60 minutes, you'll get to meet just three of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans, and you'll get to hear some live music as well. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music, but you probably know that already, so let's get right on with doing nothing but enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together. My guests sitting around the table here at happy hour today are Jeff Cost, the man who knows everything. For the past three years, Jeff has been hosting the Trivia Show at the Bridge Lounge. Jeff launched his trivia career in 1998 in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where he created the largest weekly trivia show in the United States. Jeff's a recovering IT guy and a full-time stay-at-home dad with his daughter, Iona. To my left, Chris Rudge. In in any other city in America, Chris Rudge would be just a guy who owns a wine store. But Chris's store, Bacchanal, is much more than a wine store. Bacchanal has become the community center for the new hipster Bywater neighborhood. It's the social headquarters of a new post-Katrina community who have moved here or stayed here to rebuild and change New Orleans. Bacchanal has turned Chris Rudge into a community organizer, an activist, and by some measures, the hippest guy in New Orleans, and he's right here. Luke Ash is a singer and songwriter who's from Baton Rouge, where he sometimes fronts a band called Luke Ash and the Black Squirrels. And sitting across from me at the piano is the lovely, talented, gorgeous, and always charming, Mitch Foreman. Mitchell Foreman, it's so nice to have you back on the show. How are you? Thanks, Grant. Everything's great. Why can't I hear you, though? Uh, I don't know why you Well, now I can hear you. We're back, but we're not totally with it. Hey, how was, the, how was your trip away in Michigan? Where did you go? I was away. I went to Chicago and New York. Yes. And Chicago was fabulous. Was it? Sorry, I couldn't remember that for a minute. Was Chicago hot or cold? Chicago was hot when I was there. It was a few weeks ago. It was really hot. And New York is fabulous, as always? New York was great. Great, great, great. Okay. Mitch, it's a great show today. And we've got three of New Orleans' finest gentlemen sitting around the table here. So, look, tell me something about um, being a librarian and a uh, musician. Um, What's the connection? Let's see. Well, I guess, I guess a lot of my stuff is kind of contemplative, and so I get a lot of time to contemplate while sitting in silence at the library. If it's not silence, I can shush people. <laughs> it's socially that, acceptable. That's true, because you're the boss in there. Right. What's your actual title at the library if you're not a librarian? Library associate, I believe. You're an associate? Associate. And what do you wear? Today you're wearing a bow tie and a baseball cap. Yeah, all the, all the, all the old ladies back at the library were really psyched about this bow tie today. They asked me what I was doing, and I said I was coming to New Orleans. So I put on my gold kicks as well. Yeah, you have like gold uh, kicks and a, a blue baseball cap that says Brumfield Towing Service. My papa gave me this hat. Is it a real place, the Brumfield Towing Service? I think so. I mean, papa gave it to me. So. And uh, if you're listening to this outside of the Louisiana, papa is grandfather, <laughs> correct? That's correct. That's a nice hat, papa. What does he do, papa? Is he a truck driver? Oh, he was a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. he was. Mm-hmm. Is he's retired? Or he's he? retired. Yeah. And he lives in Baton Rouge as well? Yes. So your whole family's from Baton Rouge? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay. And are you making a living as a uh, musician at all? There? Um, I could if I wanted to, uh, uh, doing covers and things like that, but uh, yeah. I, I'd prefer to play my own music. So. Right. So there's not a huge market in Baton Rouge for pers- contemplative that's true. folk music? That's, that's true. There, there are some uh, passionate fans, and I play house shows from time to time solo. So, okay. So you mostly you're writing this stuff for your own. Yeah, for me and benefit. for my friends and right. for you know my my kids. So How many? You have kids right now. Mm-hmm. I have two daughters, and um, I need to keep my phone on actually because I might get a phone call from my wife. Okay, what's uh, her name? Her name is Emily. So Catherine, Emily, Chris, are you married? Uh, not at the moment, but I have a girlfriend, Leslie. Are you thinking of marrying her? I haven't gotten that not far at yet. At the moment. <laughs> You've been married before? Once before. How long did that last for? A couple of years. It was good. not bad. Yeah. That's pretty good. What years were they? Like recent? A few years ago. Yeah. Uh, Before you had Bacchanal? No, Bacchanal's been around longer. Okay, so it was in the time that you had it. Mm -hmm. And she was married to the hippest guy in New Orleans and she didn't even stick around for it. Ah, lucky lady. Oh, well. Where is she today? Still here? Yeah. Okay. But Leslie's the current. Leslie's my girlfriend now. Okay. And how's that working out? Pretty good. Fabulously. All right. Let me see if I can remember. Leslie, Catherine, and... Emily. Emily. Pretty good. So how long have you been married to Emily, Luke? Five years. 
pretty good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And you have two kids already. Mm-hmm. We have two two girls, and we have a little boy on the way. That's why I said I had to keep my. You mean on, by on the way? It might be today. Might be today. Wow. So your wife Emily's eight months and zero and like thirty days pregnant. Something like. And that. you're coming to New Orleans. And <laughs> sing on a, on a Actually, I think gestation, gestation's like forty weeks. Or 30, well, you ought to know, dude. 30, 38 weeks, something like that. Yeah. Sorry, but we have, if you we miss it, you're right totally answer. sleeping on the couch, man. What did you say? If you miss it, you're totally sleeping oh, on the couch. Oh, most definitely. I'll be high telling it back. Chris, you can come with me. No, Chris has come with you here. <laughs> I see her sitting across here. Chris looks like Frank Zappa. Yeah. I he, bet no one's ever told to, you that, right? That's why be, you. He used to. Zap it to me. He used it, to yeah. be one of the black squirrels back in the day, but New Orleans ah. stole him from me. Really? Oh, yeah. so you live here, Chris? Are you the are you, was he the black guy in the black squirrels? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the black squirrels in a minute. What song are you going to play? I'm sorry, dude. No, that's all right. Um, Takes so long to introduce you. That's all right. What are you going to play? I'm going to play a song called "Hold You," and this was actually on uh, the the first record that we ever did, which happened to be the only record that we ever put out. <laughs> this is a black squirrels record. Yes. Okay. And Chris played lead guitar, some hot lead licks. Um, for the for this tent, you actually have a, some What's sort on of, my face? Some sort of worm. Thanks. Dude. Was that a worm? Look at that! It pulled it off yeah. my head. It's oh, not a tumor. <laughs> is it? A, look at that! That's nice. I wonder it's where an, I got that. It's from. an inchworm. Look, thank you. That's the very first living insect that's been on my <laughs> face on Happy Hour, I believe. Look, it's a cute it's, little wow. thing it's an, too. It's an inchworm. Is it an inch every time? Really. Well, when he gets Thanks. a little bigger, it's a baby inch one. It's a half inch <laughs> it's one. It's just a half inch one. <laughs> not a tequila wow, worm. what a fine. <laughs> I wonder what he was eating on my face. Is there like a hole in my head or anything? That is really great. It looks like the worm from Dune. It does? Yeah. Okay, Jeff, tell us something about inchworms, could you? I know nothing about inchworms. It's no. a bit of a hole in your It is. Yeah, I don't knowledge. Like a, that's I don't what they asked on the Jeopardy thing. Is it? That was where you got the point off. Yeah. One question. <laughs> Damn, <man>. Bastards. <laughs> How long is an inchworm? <laughs> How long is that? That does look like it's about an inch long. Yeah. Call that an inch? Okay, joke's over. <laughs> Come on. Thank you for finding that on my face, though, Luke, I must say. Thank God it wasn't a tick. <laughs> Oh, oh God, there's worms in my face. That's incredible. <laughs> it's like poltergeist. Yeah, embarrassing. <laughs> I feel like they're all over me now. Is that a disease? <laughs> You're the guy from Poltergeist who started yeah, the stu- maggots. Yeah, the right. Exactly. Ripping the face. <laughs> oh. There is a disease where you have ulcers. You know, you have ulcers mm. and worms come yeah. out of your ulcers. I think that's maggots, though, isn't it? Uh, I think it's just actually one worm that, oh. that will come out, and uh, they put you in water and uh, stick a uh, stick next to it, and the water draws the worm out, and they just twist the, the stick until the, the worm comes sounds all the Sounds medieval. Out. That's nasty. This sounds a bit like something Pawpaw might have told you it about. May be, yeah. It may be. Is this true? They do that at good ta- Guantanamo Bay, do they? <laughs> <laughs> it, it may be where the symbol for, uh, for medical... Um, the caduceus. You know, the, the one stick with the snake Yeah, is that it. called a caduceus, Jeff? Jeff, come on. How could I you not know so. that? I failed miserably. I think that, that. What's that called? Now I'm embarrassing often, myself. Someone's, that's often confused with this thing, but uh, I can't remember what it's actually called. Somebody's got a Jeff, how can My you? wife would know. Call her up. You call a friend. <laughs> My phone's at home. You didn't bring your phone? <laughs> I didn't. I left it at home. Okay, wow. Who's looking it. after Iona? My wife. Oh, she's off today. No, I took her. I ripped her out of the lab early. What does she do, actually? Uh, she's in her last year at Tulane uh, for a PhD in neuroscience. So she's doing a PhD in neuroscience, and you can be a stay-at-home dad? Yes. Who's paying the bills around there? Uh, <laughs> Loans or something? Uh, she no, teaching? they paid her to go there. So she's teaching. Oh, she got a scholarship? She's to, not, yeah, she's not To teaching. Tulane? Yeah. So we can talk about neuroscience in a minute, because that's an interesting subject, too, isn't it? Uh, Talking about could this worm have come out of... Where did, where did it go? It go? That's what I was ah, the worm's gone. He's it's right there. It's in your ear. No, he's, <laughs> he's climbing up the microphone. Is it? It's like the Wrath of Khan. Come on. Uh, is it really, yeah. Chris? Yeah, here it is. Right here it is. It's on the mic. Oh. Oh, wow. Hey, You're going to squish him. Yeah, careful be careful. With him. Let him have the, He can have the microphone if he wants it. Okay. <laughs> I just want like he doesn't away. look too well. Now he looks stunned. If he starts singing. Okay, come on. This is, this is not too riveting. There was a song. We're really wasting a lot of time now. That's all right. Come on, Luke. Let's do it. We've got to pop you to the top of the charts with this webcast. Yes. The song is Stop called it, you're Hold being silly. I'll be playing this one just for the worm. (laughs) 
Will you hold me now? And will you be there when I'm older? When the nights get cold and colder? Will you hold me now? And will you be there when I'm older? When the nights get cold and colder, baby? Will you be there through everything? Will you be there through thick and thin? Will you be there when I've gone all gray? Will you be there when our kids have gone away? sit down with some guy on a table with a bow tie and a <laughs> baseball cap you have no idea how super talented you are that's amazing thank you thank you do people tell you that all the time that you're super talented uh, occasionally yes and and surprisingly so you don't believe <laughs> which I don't it know. no 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 they're they're surprised oh they're surprised <laughs> i'm surprised so, which Maybe makes here. me look you know look at myself twice and say what in the world do i look like anyone ever liking your music to ryan adams yeah a little yeah, bit totally. yeah totally thank you Thanks. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Why do you choose to play a guitar with nylon strings? I, I really like Willie Nelson, and uh, he played nylon string guitar. And uh, it's really got kind of a round, mellow sound. So. Yeah. And there's a song about Emily. Would you like a drink, by the way, Luke? I'm, I'm, if I can Will have some sing? more water, that'd that would be That would be nice. Yeah, I think we have some in the, in the picture right here. So is that a song about Emily? Yes, yes. And do you, do you, the answer is yes, probably, to all those questions. <laughs> she is going to be there when... You're old and gray. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. She's a good gal, for sure. Well, she's having baby number three any, any minute. Yes. So she must be pretty good. She's awesome. That's a beautiful song. Thanks. So a lot of your stuff is like this contemplative and quiet. And yeah. I, but you have a very powerful voice, actually. Thanks. I, I, I try to just be honest. And then so what comes out of there is uh, some songs that are contemplative and quiet and, and uh, kind of building with you know glacial strength i would like to think but other songs are just silly like i wrote a song about uh, uh a radio that killed a guy recently so just like all over the map and uh i don't know if you've ever heard of vic chestnut mm-hmm. um with uh, two t's yeah i'm not sure on that i think he has two t's yeah. in or three actually no. um this guy Jeff, no how many t's in chestnut three yeah this guy, Dave Bazan, came and played a house show in Baton Rouge. And uh, he was the front man from Pedro the Lion. You ever heard of that band, oh, Pedro yeah, the Lion? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and he came and played for, I don't know, about 40 people in this really small venue, kind of like this. And uh, he was talking about Vic Chestnut. He covered one of his tunes and said the thing that he liked the most about Vic Chestnut was that he was really honest. Mm-hmm. It's not very marketable, 
because Dave Bazan stuff is very similar over and over again. But Vic Chestnut's catalog is all over the map because he's honest. So you aspire to honesty. Yes. That's and, quite a... In that politics. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking of... Chris, you book a lot of bands at your place. Do you book them yourself? Actually, my partner, Bo, books the bands uh, and promotes them. I handle the more, like, wine and... Um, event sort of side of the business but he does a really great job and uh he usually books different jazz bands rotates them around and perfect music for the backyard when people are having dinner drinking wine it can be right in the forefront or it can if you want to have a conversation with your friend that you're with you can tune it out a little bit where you can still have a conversation so the music isn't too loud this sort of music would be perfect for it oh man Ten percent mm-hmm. goes to happy hour, <laughs> but congratulations! Uh, thanks. Finders fee. Thank you. Yeah, you got finders fee. That would be great for you. You could have an excuse to come to New Orleans and play. Oh, most definitely. I have some friends down here and never have the excuse to come, so that'd be great. So, what, Bacchanal started as a wine store. Mm-hmm. Then that was all you were trying to do was just have a wine store. That was the idea. Um, I was tired of working like the restaurant hours. I thought, hey, maybe I should open a wine store. I'll work in the daytime. I'll sell wine. And that worked out for a little while, but then my customers wanted to start drinking there, so I went and got a bar license, and they started drinking. Well, they started drinking there beforehand, so I got the bar license so I wouldn't get in trouble for it. That sounds, and that sounds easy. Is it easy to get a bar license in New Orleans? I thought you had to basically kill someone or probably pay someone Probably easier off. than most other places. It was, I wouldn't say it was easy, but um, a lot easier than a lot of other states. Louisiana is... Um, is a state that, luckily for all of us who live here, its liquor laws, while still being strict and safe, allow people to open places as long as you don't break the laws. So we became a bar, and then some musicians were sitting in the backyard drinking wine, and they were like, hey, we want to play here. And that was um, Joe Cabral and Jonathan Freilich, and they wanted to bring their band 007. And at that time, I was like well, guys, I really can't pay you at the moment. I've, you know, it's just a small wine store. I'm like, oh, we don't care. We'll p- play for a couple of bottles of wine. We just want to do it. All right. So they started doing that on Sundays, and then when they couldn't make it, other bands started filling in, and then it became more of a rotational thing on Sundays with maybe five or six different bands. That worked out. After Katrina, a chef friend of mine had lost his restaurant. That was Pete Vasquez. He started cooking there out of the back of a pickup truck doing Mexican street food. Then he got tired of Mexican food, started cooking Indian food, and then he started doing street foods from around the world. Eventually decided the pickup truck was a bad idea, pulled his grill out and put it in the backyard. Kept cooking every Sunday until he couldn't make it. Then guest chefs started rotating. And that sort of led one thing to another to the point now where we have food and music every single day. And it's turned into a huge scene down there now. I mean, it's, it really, I mean, in the introduction that we wrote here, that it really has galvanized a community. It's, it's taken a disparate bunch of people who have moved into that Bywater area and made a community out of it, your store, actually. Yeah, especially more directly after Katrina. The Bywater's grown a lot as far as businesses lately. We have a lot of new great restaurants down there uh, that have just recently opened. But after Katrina, there weren't, there weren't as many, and hanging out in the backyard listening to jazz and eating good food and drinking wine really gave people like, oh, wait a minute, we're not tearing a moldy wall out of a house or something like that. So at that time, it was very galvanizing, and now it's just grown to a place where people love to hang out, because as long as it's not raining, it's a great atmosphere, which wow. is hopefully it's... soon it'll stop raining. <laughs> <laughs> it has That's been a raining story. a lot. It's an awesome What's, um, story. What's the what's the sort of significance of the new? It appears to be a new bunch of New Orleanians who live in the Bywater now. It appears to be a bunch of people who have come in from out of town who are young people who are interesting looking. They don't look like people who went to Tulane and stayed. They don't look like accountants and lawyers and neuroscientists. I don't know who they all are. You must know a lot of these people personally. Yeah, they all hang out. Well, um, what are they all doing? But, well, there's a lot of artists. There's a lot of musicians. I mean, well, they're also artists, but a very art community. But there's also people of all walks of life that have moved there. And there's, also, there's still lots of people that are born and raised in Bywater. So it's a very diverse community. Um, and you have lots of different income levels and different styles of people 
all sort of getting along and doing the same thing. Yeah, and I just read New Orleans is the number one growing community in the country. And in addition to that, we're the number one growing tech community. So they've got all these like young uh, entrepreneurs growing, coming to the town and going. Everyone loves the, the Bywater is the place to be right now. Yeah, it's pretty hot. And my mother uh, likened it to when she was a young lady living in the Greenwich Village in New York when it was just up and coming before it is like it is now. That's interesting. And real estate is still affordable. You can still afford to buy a house or rent a place there. Is it going up? It's going up, uh, which is, like, fortunate in a way that more affluence for me selling wine, but unfortunate in the way that it's pushing away certain people that, like any community, that gets started by artists and then becomes more and more affluent, the artists move on to the next spot. So the reason that it's becoming affluent is moving away. Already? Yeah. After just half a dozen years. Right. A bunch of people like that are the the artist community are seeking like places in the Bywater across St. Claude or in the lower ninth ward in the Holy Cross community where it's still more and more affordable. But as that sort of expands, the same thing happened with the French Quarter many years ago. Before it became a touristy spot, it was uh you know It was an artist's but yeah. you're right, this yeah. happens all over, like the mission in San Francisco. Um, all over the country, that's what happens. Yeah. That happened in New York. The whole of New York City is basically just <laughs> rich people now. You can't even afford to live. I mean, the, the, the pretty much, yeah, I guess. So it used Bronx. to be. Yeah, now everyone's moved to Brooklyn and all that. That's even got hit. Yeah. So there's, I mean, it would be a shame if that happened here that quickly. It hasn't completely happened, but it's definitely happening. The good thing about uh, the Bywater is there's a lot of people that have lived there for years that did have foresights to like buy a house back when the house was cheap. So they're still around because it's not like the mortgage is going to go up or anything. If you, a few years ago, you could buy a house for, say, $60,000, that same house right now might sell for two twenty. dollars It's a pity you can't get a cut of all that, saying you're pretty much responsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't there some way you can capitalize? You need to talk it's to Tim Gore, our, our, <laughs> our business advisor over here, can hook you up. And you get hipster tax. Yeah. What? So anyway, being being the mayor of the hipsters here has <laughs> has uh, is obviously it must be a fun gig for you there, to be in the center Actually, of all this. Well, I, I do get to name. drink lots of wine. Well, yeah. But I saw his Jeff, name yeah. under Foursquare. Under he was the mayor of hipster. It was really cool. <laughs> oh, for real. Have You're the real con- mayor of Hipster. Have they converted you to skinny jeans yet? Ah, uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's a good question, Luke. I would have to start by being skinny. That's, <laughs> that's a hipster thing. But um, it's also made you into a sort of an inadvertently, I suppose, or unwittingly, and social activist. I mean, you had to go to the city council. They wanted to shut you down over there. Yeah, well, we were doing a few things wrong. I can't blame them for it, but... I didn't realize they were wrong, like grilling outside and having live music without a permit. You're not allowed to grill outside, or are you supposed to grill inside? We're supposed to grill inside, which we now do. Uh, Now we're 100% legal. But yeah, at one point, they were going to basically stop us from having live music there, which, unfortunately, the deal in New Orleans is so many clubs have live music without permits, but they make it very difficult to get a permit. It's not the cost of the permit, it's the way and no offense to anyone at city hall because it's not their fault but the the system for getting the permit is very difficult i know some friends of mine that own bars are going through this right now um where they came in and looked at them like okay you're playing live music but you have no permit you need to pay this tax but when you go down it's like how do i pay this tax well you have to go through so many different levels and hoops and that's why we ended up and ours was a parking issue so we were in front of the um, the Board of Zoning Adjustments to get a parking waiver, and our zoning was okay for a music license, but to have that license per square footage, we were required, some, I believe it was 37 off-street parking spaces. So we had to go spend some time, and all my neighbors showed up. They basically melted the board. Uh, uh, many thanks to Lauren Swinney, who lives two doors down. She's, uh, the neighbors wanted you, not didn't yes, want Yes, they you. wanted us. And they, she, was an 89, she is an 89-year-old lady, and she came in there and like 
talked about how much she loved Bacchanal and the twinkling lights and the music coming over the fence. I thought the board members were going to start crying right there. And <laughs> then there was a, a line clap. of, yes, <laughs> 40, 40 more neighbors that all said their piece and the board granted the variance. And, um, and so right after so, that, we got our music license and started doing live music again. So no one was actually trying to shut you down. Normally in the neighborhood, it's people, the neighbors who don't want these bars because of the noise and the parking and people peeing on their front lawn and all this stuff. You don't have any of that. Our, well, our customers are generally respectful uh, for, to the neighbors, occasionally not, but for the most part, they, I try to keep them all like, in line, even the drunk ones, which I love the drunk ones. But, uh, well, they're spending more money. <laughs> I'm sorry? They're spending more money, assumedly, if they're Yeah, well, if they're drunk, drunk right. they're they, they've had the two bottles of wine instead of just one. Um, they're generally respectful, and we try to keep them that way. So this was just a, a little snafu, and it's passed now, so all good. It's all good. Yeah. Okay. Let's take... Yes, Jeff, you were going to say something? I was just thinking, didn't they try to do the same thing with the brass bands at the corner of Canal and mm-hmm. uh, Carrollton last year? And I, I'm not sure what, what came of that, but uh, due to... Noise, noise issues, and everybody wanted them, but there was nothing that could be done. Very similar. Well, I think they tried right. to do the same with, with the brass band on the corner of Canal and Bourbon Street, or whatever. Yeah, that that's is. what I'm. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. On the corner of Bourbon Street, they tried to shut. I mean, how insane is that? Yeah. yeah. Which Bourbon Street is never noisy. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's nice and quiet down there. Mitch Foreman is going to play a song for us right now. By the way, yeah. talking of noise, it's going to be very noisy. It's going to be rambunctious. This is this is our most sort of. Um, What's the word for it? Gentlemanly show we've ever had, I think, isn't it? <laughs> With all men. It's all for, yes, this is like a gentleman's club. It's like a sort of a smoking club. Do you guys smoke? It's Boys Town. It's Boys Town. Does anybody smoke cigarettes that, yeah. here? Sure. Chris, are you smoking? Yes, mm-hmm. still smoking. Jeff, are you smoking? Yes, yes and no. Sometimes. Sometimes? Luke, not at all. I have a pipe. You have a pipe? Yeah. Get it out. Let's have a look at it. Not on me. It's not on you? Not on me. You smoke a pipe? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I have two. I have one that I bought in... Uh, Gatlinburg. Where's your yeah. smoking vacation? Jacket? And then the other one I got from my uncle Chuck. Yeah. He got it in Austria. He gave you his old pipe? Yeah. Oh, come on. It's awesome. It looks like. Uh, You're very close to your uncle Chuck. Inglorious Bastards. You know that pipe oh, yeah. that dude comes Oh, oh out? yeah, 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 yeah. The big one with the gourd pipe? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, just, <laughs> like, it's just like that. It's awesome. But you're smoking someone else's pipe. Yeah. It's been like in their mouth for. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, in the family, it, though. The bigger the question is, what do you put in the pipe? Uh, you know, it's all It's, it's all, all legit. It's, it's all, all legit. tobacco. Above board. <laughs> I retired from the left hand. <laughs> you know, what, well, that's a huge pipe to put weed in, though. You <laughs> could you mix it up with hash or something? I don't know, man. I've never tried. Uncle Chuck, uh, I'm using your pipe on the up and up. There you go, so, Uncle Chuck, in case he's listening. Yeah. Where's well, Uncle Chuck's in Baton Rouge as well? Yes. How do you pronounce Baton Rouge? Baton Rouge. Not Rouge. No. Okay. Big raggedy, depending on where you're... Red stick. Where you're at. Okay. Red stick. Mitch, sorry about that. What are you playing today? Uh, that's all right. I'm going to play... Uh, the song is called Uncle Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually... The song is you. It's an old standard. Okay.
Beautiful, as always. Mitch Foreman, the song is you. Very nice. What made you think of that today? Um, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing? Just an inspiration? Yep. Mitch Foreman is our piano player, my guest. Uh, Jeff Koss, the man who knows everything. Chris Rudge, the most hip guy in all of New Orleans. And Luke Ash, the man who smokes a pipe and wears a bow tie and plays a guitar. And smokes Uncle Chuck's pipe. (laughs) If you're just uh, joining us and you're wondering where we are, we're sitting around a very small table at the Collins Hotel here in uptown New Orleans. Very small, actually. It's pretty amazing that you can just sit there and play this guitar with all of us so close to you. If you're coming to New Orleans and you're you're looking for a hotel or something to do like a tour or some tips on what to do while you're in town, check in with our friends at neworleans.com. It's the official New Orleans travel site. And one of the things you can do while you're here is check out the new movement. After two years of shows in bars, museums, parks, and pretty much wherever else they could, the new movement has opened a full-time comedy theater in the Maroney. Do you know about this, Chris? And Jeff? I heard a commercial. It's yeah, an awesome it place. Cool. It's at 1919 Burgundy Street. It's called the New Movement Theater. They have shows from Thursday to Saturday. Everything is basically free or cheap. They do improv and sketch comedy classes as well. For more information, check online at tnmcomedy.com. That's the new movement, tnmcomedy.com. For more information, you can also listen to Chris True and Tammy Nelson, the hosts of True to the Game, right here on our website, itsneworleans.com. True to the Game is New Orleans' first badass sports radio show and podcast produced by our very own Chris Kehoe. Mitch, that was beautiful. Thank you very much. Perfectly timed. Ah, gorgeous. And anyway, let's talk trivia, shall we? Uh, Sure, yes. Okay. Jeff, so you're a stay-at-home dad. I am. And what's that like as a lifestyle? Uh, Well, I'll put it this way. The first nine months, really tough. Really tough with toddler or baby, uh, just... What did you do before that? You're a network, uh, you're a computer. Yeah, as an IT manager, and before that, I was uh, a network guy for a company that does the internet for most of the universities in the country, okay. uh, Tulane and whatever. Um, but I guess, long story short, the last two years have been the best two years of my life because you'll never get this time again. Mm. And my daughter is so amazing, and it's so much fun. And I, you know, I learned things from her. She's my wife is. Uh, vegetarian boarding on vegan and i'm a meat eater and my daughter she like will ask me these questions like why do you eat our fuzzy buddies and <laughs> you just take you know, her home the worm that came off how do you, yeah like how do you, and i have m- largely due to her have almost cut meat out entirely you know you didn't just tell her because they taste so good no because uh, she'd probably get Kind of perturbed by that. No. You don't kill them or anything. No. You just eat them. So, how does she know they're fuzzy? Well, because she sees them in like the picture book. Because she's not dumb. I mean, she goes to the zoo and sees, mm. you know, pets them. But you tell her that one of them is a cow, one's a pig? Yeah. They're not I mean, that fuzzy. I mean, they have a face. She asks. She's like, what's that? I'm like, well, that's cow. Hmm. Cow goes moo and then we Yeah, and eat chickens. It. And uh, I don't eat, unless it's like, you know, local. In nicely killed kind of chicken, I won't touch it. Killed, it's nasty. Killed by a nice guy, or well, chicken's nasty. You like <laughs> chicken they throw is nasty. it. They throw factory killed chicken. They throw it in like water full of shit, and it leeches shit. Yeah, if you ever seen these things, it's those gross. those That's movies, awesome. they're a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound awesome. Yeah. Have you seen those movies that they like Food Inc. and yeah, I've the, seen that. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't. That eat, didn't do it to me. You but wouldn't eat anything, really. I wouldn't eat anything again. I mean, well, I stopped eating fast food largely because of that. I mean, that uh, pink slush or pink slime oh, that pink was slime. all over the internet for oh a while. Oh my that. god. But that's been around forever. Yeah. We've all known that, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. You have to be just totally hypocritical and say, I, I don't. You know, it's horrible and, and everything, but I've got to eat something. Or just be a vegetarian. Well, my wife's vegetarian, so I don't eat that much. She's a vegetarian and a neuroscientist. But didn't spinach kill a bunch of people because they had feces all over it? Yeah, as well? it came over from a large factory farm. Uh, what was that? So. Spinach. Spinach, yeah, that's right. That was like Manila. last summer or something. Yeah, came and over. I think Hitler was a vegetarian. Hitler was Catholic <laughs> as well. What does that I think he was a vegetarian. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, he was. He was he a was vegetarian. He was and he was an artist as well. Yeah. He was a portrait artist. he almost artist. died during World War One. He was being Boy, beat down. Boy, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have changed everything. He was being beat down, and the uh, Irishman uh, saved his life, pulled him from the, the mob of people beating him. And that's a little known fact. It, it, 
Yeah. Okay, here's a good trivia question. Mitch, the music, please. Oh. What, what was the name of the Irishman who saved Adolf Hitler's life? I don't life? know. The story oh. came out last year. <laughs> <laughs> and was he Jewish? <laughs> really? Jewish, Irish Irishman? Jewish. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, really, um, where did that story come out in? It, uh, I read it last year. I don't want to see the Huffington Post. Well, I was just going to ask you that very question. Do you believe everything you read? Absolutely not. I think you can, you can listen to Fox. You can listen to MSNBC, BBC. Um, everyone kind of... Uh, no, everyone's got kind of a slant to their news. I, don't you hate that? I think people... I used to like it at the time when there was the news was the news. Yeah, and Walter Cronkite. Get, yes, you could get some authoritative information. Now you have to watch Fox, NBC... No. And all these and things all and make people, up your own mind. And I mean, I don't know anything. People get you, can, you can trust the internet. If it's on the internet, oh, it's yeah. true. true. Okay, Chris. All so right. But people get statistics, and they can, they can manipulate statistics any way right. they want. Much like the Bible. It's all in Much there, right? like the Bible. Yeah. So I think what people need to do is think with their... Well, who's got time in? to think? You know, you haven't got time to figure that out. Have you got time to watch it? Well, you do, because you're at home with the you know, Iona. You can watch yeah. MSNBC. You can watch Fox. No, no I don't watch the watch, BBC, watch and you can TV figure it out. I don't have day. time. I, just, I mean, I have time, I suppose, but yeah. I don't, don't want to mess around doing it. You don't have cable. No. What are you watching? Uh, Netflix streaming. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing on Netflix streaming either, though, right? No, that's BBC sucks. stuff. Oh, that's <laughs> on there? Huh? Downton Abbey. Hello. Uh-oh. Well, thanks. That's it. Yeah, Downton Abbey's great. That's good. What do you watch at home there, Luke? Baton Rouge. Uh, I have Arrested Development in the DVD player right now. Arrested Development. That was good when it was on. That was mm-hmm. a few years ago, though, right? Yeah, Twin Peaks. Is it's, coming it? back? it's coming back, Chris says. Yeah. Really? Oh, that's right. He's right. In a movie, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. That's and, good, yeah, too. The Prisoner. I don't know yeah. Twin Peaks. So who wouldn't want to stay at home all day? I would love to do that, to stay at home and hang out with my kid. Yeah. I, it's I, awesome. I go everywhere with her. Yeah. yeah. So what, how, what's the long term? How long can you do that for? Uh, the idea is probably to like junior high, maybe high school. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, That's that all. rocks. <laughs> Ready? Career. <laughs> wow. So, you know, you can just hang. What do you do? You read or bake? Yeah, we go, to the, we go to the park. We go to the quarter. We go to the aquarium. We go to Elizabeth's for breakfast. We, you know, just hang out. How, how amazing. That just sounds like the best life. It is. I am living, I am living a dream. I really think so. And what happens when your wife graduates then? Is she going to be a neurophysicist or a neuroscientist? Uh, she's going to get her postdoc, and then she's going to be either work for corporate man or she's going to be a teacher. Yeah. What is she doing? Neuro? Neuroscience. Neuroscience. Cognitive neuroscience. She teaches us about sex. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering who was going to be the first person to ask a question about that. It looks like it's going to be me. She teaches about the sex of neuroscience? No, no. Uh, like uh, sexuality through the life of a human from birth to death. How long do you, can we keep having sex for as guys? I don't know, but Tony Randall fathered a kid at 86. Did he? So, yeah. I think yeah. it's forever now yeah. that Viagra's invented. Is that right? That, that's not necessarily. Pro, if your prostate's about, shot, no sex. What about women? Uh, I don't know, but their their climax, their climax is uh, in the early forties. Yeah, but how long do you, do how long do we keep on wanting to have sex I, as humans, well, as men and women? You'd have to ask my wife, but well, I know for all, it's women it's more question. emotional, and for men, we always it'll never end for guys. It's not totally emotional unless you're. I mean, this is shot. a good question to ask a table of guys. <laughs> <laughs> <I> now. <laughs> I mean, at some point, people want to st- stop having sex, don't they, when they get older? Is that true or not true? What does Paw Paw say about that, Luke? <laughs> oh. Do we know the answer to that, anybody? I don't know the answer. I haven't, does anybody I haven't, back I haven't here slept over about Uncle Hank. What's his name? <laughs> no. Chuck, Uncle Chuck. I've never known Uncle anyone who wanted man. to stop having sex. Yeah. Really? In my whole life. Never known old, young, whatever. No one's ever said, I just got over it. Right. Do you know many married people? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Okay, mm. Luke, what are you thinking of playing next? Oh, uh, I have a song called Traveler. Okay. I can play that. Was that on the Black Squirrels album? No, uh, it was on a, it was on a uh, solo thing I did of, of home recordings and uh, live recordings I did. I did a house show tour back in 2010. Jeez, you know, I, I looked on the internet and I couldn't find anything about you. Is this, <laughs> is this stuff available anywhere? Yeah, uh, Bandcamp, you can go to Bandcamp and get it. Luke, okay. Bandcamp, Luke Ash. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll put a link to it, or we'll have a link to it yeah, on our site, but, but I couldn't find it at all. Yeah. I couldn't find a buy now button or anything. I mean, I listened to some stuff. Uh, yeah. But I couldn't find any place to buy it. So Bandcamp is the only place to get it. Yeah. 
Okay, what's the song called again? This is called Traveler. Traveler. Let's hear it. Beautiful. Thank you. When did you write that? Recently or a long time ago? I wrote it pretty recently. I guess about maybe a year ago. Are you religious? Yes. I guess in a in a in a and there's just so many. That's such a loaded term. It was a very definitive answer, though. Yes. Yes, I, I'm re- I'm religious in, in in the fact that I'm a Christian, and uh, most people consider Christians religious. But I, I'd like to consider myself just someone who follows Jesus. Right. So, and have you been following Jesus all your life, or did you come to it lately? Uh, I think um, my dad's a Baptist minister, so I uh, see. I I grew up in the church, and then got into some philosophy at LSU, and uh, considered myself an atheist for a couple of years, and um, got back in the church and realized what was true. So. Is your dad still with us? Yes. And he's still preaching. Yes. So he has a church in Baton Rouge. He has a he has a church in uh, around the Prairieville area. Prairieville, mm-hmm. wow, Lake Martin Baptist. And and what does that consist of? Is it um, is he like is it a fire and brimstone type church uh, or? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think what you would consider a fire and brimstone. Church. So he's like a Calvinist. He's like a tub thumping. Well, he, belie- he believes in hell and doesn't want anyone to go there. So. So he's fairly vocal. Sure. So you're the opposite. You're very quiet. <laughs> I can get vocal at times. Yeah? 
Yeah. Do you ever thought about going into the ministry like it, into the church? Uh, I, I do. I lead, I lead worship at uh, church on Sunday. At his church? No, at different a, church. Which one do you go to? I go to um, Walker Methodist. What does lead worship mean? That means you like take the so you you do the service. Mm-hmm. Do you like a preacher, like uh, well, a lay preacher? Uh, I I lead the music. I lead. Hopefully, I lead the people into the presence of God. Wow, mm-hmm. you're a dark horse for right. a librarian, bow tie wearing, <laughs> baseball cat wearing librarian. Yeah. What else you got going on? <laughs> Oh, man, I don't know. Do you collect stamps or anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I have a baseball card collection from a long time ago. Okay. Me too. You do yeah. too? Oh, yeah, right absolutely. You guys got anything worth any money? 1952 uh, Pee Wee Reese is my favorite. Come on. But, uh, I got a lot of, yeah, a lot of stuff. I've got a Michael Jordan, this is a basketball card, yeah, actually. Yeah, basketball card. I, I have a baseball card of his as well, but I have, uh, I guess, my prize. The White Sox. Right. Coming, yeah, the Barons. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really? How much is that worth? It's probably like $9. Yeah, but the Jordan, the Jordan rookie's worth, worth a fair amount. So. Uh, really? The, the basketball rookie. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Wow. Okay, you guys. Chris, do you have a baseball, a baseball card collection or a basketball card? No, I don't. I don't collect anything but one. Do you collect wine? Do you have stuff laid down that it's going to be like worth something one day? Or it's I keep trying that, but every time I do it, I drink it. So you don't have like a a bank or collection there in the cellar somewhere? Nah. Well, I mean, I like I said, I'll start collecting it, but then it's like, oh, let's open it. <laughs> do, you find, so, do you find after you've had a couple of drinks you feel like opening it? I feel like opening it pretty much all the time. <laughs> Usually right after breakfast. Really? When do you start drinking? What time of the day? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. Sort of depends on when I wake up. Okay. Could so, be, how soon after? Usually, you wake I like up? to I wait. Mean, a, I, least, I like to wait a few hours and get some things done. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't. Once you start drinking, you still get a few things done there, right? Otherwise. Oh, certainly. Yeah. So, um, you can legitimately drink seeing you own a wine store. Is it part of the deal? That is definitely part of the deal. You almost—it's almost compulsory. Right. Mostly, I'll do anything that requires driving, and then when that's over, then I can drink. Because I can okay. talk on the phone, right. wait on customers, and do all those things after a few glasses of wine. Right. But no driving cars. All right. Well, we Message have... from Chris. Don't drink and drive. There you go, kids. If you're listening. <laughs> drink a lot, worth... but don't yeah. drive. Drink a lot of Bacchanal. Chris, we'll thank you so much for joining us here today on Happy Hour. Well, thank, thank you for, for everything you've done for New Orleans. It's amazing Absolutely. what's going on down there in the Bywater. A lot of it thanks to you. Cheers. Good Thank job. You. Jeff Coast, we'll see you at Trivia Night. At the, at bridge, the bridge Lounge. Lounge. Not the RC Bridge Lounge. And Luke Ash, we can find your stuff on Bandcamp. There's a link to it on our website. And hopefully we'll see you at Bacchanal as well, live yeah. in the future. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for joining us. That's Happy Hour for today. The producers of our show are Melinda Hawes, Anoush Karun, Trish Kaufman, and Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Our music director is Christian Unruh. Our web designer and link to the real world is Dr. Cliff Brickton. Mitch Foreman played our theme, is playing our theme currently, actually, and wrote it as well. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay sober and upright for about an hour, drop us a line at itsneworleans at <laughs> gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Collins Hotel in Uptown New Orleans. You can check out our other happy hours and our other shows, Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace and also on WWNO 89.9 FM, Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic, and True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. If you're listening to this on iTunes, take a moment to rate and review the show. That would be a great thing for us. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Mitch Foreman on piano, I'm Grant Morris. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour.
Okay, so we'll put it at the end of your file. Okay. Okay. Are you recording, Mitch? Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay, we're ready. Yeah. 